Got a lot of uh, politics today. It's actually the essentially the fallout from the guy who threw the pipe bomb at the prime minister uh, last week. Of course, the very first thing I said was what was his actual motivation? So the fact that he threw a pipe bomb, it didn't go off properly, which is a good thing because there was a lot of people there and a lot of people would have got hurt and killed. What was his motivation for doing it? Now, he has not admitted to an, a motivation but they've looked into his background and come up with some interesting facts. He had filed a lawsuit last year for mental distress after he was unable to file for candidacy for the House of Councillors election. So he wanted to be a politician. He was unable to file to be a politician and was so upset about that, said it was mental distress, and then he tried to sue them. Now, this is where we get to learn some of the requirements to be a politician. You actually have to be 30 years old. That's, I guess, fair. I actually don't think age should be part of it. I mean, I think if a teenager goes up there and no one wants to, a teenager to be their uh, counselor or governor or anything, then you won't vote for him. I, don't, I actually don't necessarily, this is get personal opinion don't necessarily agree with an age requirement. I think it would make sense if you were over 30, have a little life experience, maybe done some work. But I don't think that should be a requirement. I actually think there should be a end point, a retirement age for uh, becoming governor. Because right now in America, I was noticing the prime minister, uh, shows how just Canadian I am. The president's, He's in his 70s and Trump is in his 70s. And all the guys who are trying to be president are all in their 70s. I think that might be too old. I mean, they talk about, you know, Trump being feeble and stuff. But I think when you have a mandatory retirement age for work being 60 or 65 or something like that, that should also be the retirement age for service in public office. I think a certain amount of youthful vitality is important. So this is why Obama was good. He was a young president, uh, Justin Trudeau. Even if you don't agree with the politics, he's a vibrant leader, which is, I think, important. So the must be at least 30 years old. I disagree with that, but I think they should have an upper limit of how old you can be uh, to be president or public office. And this is actually the more important part. You have to pay 3 million yen. So if you want to run for office in Japan, you have to put a deposit of 3 million yen. Uh, The man's claim was that this violates the constitutional guarantee of equality. And I sort of agree with that as a philosophy. If you have to pay 3 million yen to run for office, then only people with 3 million extra yen can run for office. In which case, if you are of, you know, strict means, If you're poor, you're not allowed to run for office, which is unfair. Uh, I don't know what the 3 million, it says deposit. So maybe you get it back if you fail. I'm not sure. But it seems interesting that I actually agree with kind of his claim. He also submitted a letter opposing Abe's state funeral. Now, I was actually against the state funeral when I found out how much it cost. I, I wasn't against the state funeral because Abe was a prime minister he, whether you agree or not with his politics, he did work for the country in what he believed was the best way. Whether or not you agreed with Abe's politics, he was doing what he thought was best for the country. He was a state official for a very long time. Uh, so I didn't have a problem with the state funeral. And then I found out how much they cost. And I was like, a taxpayer shouldn't be paying that much. 
Abe and the government want a, want a state funeral. So he submitted a letter opposing Abe state funeral because it was forced through and not democratic. So my problem with the state funeral was how much they cost because the taxpayer shouldn't be footing that bill. Uh, the government wants to do that. They should find some other source. The family should pay for it, donations, something like that. Off you go. He's saying that the people didn't get to vote on the state funeral and therefore it wasn't democratic and that made him upset. Uh, he is a failed politician. And I think the thing is, so he wanted democracy and he says he wants to be a politician and he wants things to be done right. But he's also failed in his ideals because a great politician or whatnot, they would not use a pipe bomb to push their ideas through. So that's uh, the unfortunate reality is this man has failed in two ways. He's failed as a politician and he's also failed uh, to live up to his own ideals as what he claims a politician should be. So since there was a pipe bomb thrown and last year Prime Minister Abe was assassinated, uh, cam- campaign speeches will only happen indoors now. So they're not, they used to do, this is actually what I thought was quite sad about this whole thing. They had politicians, the prime minister, very high level people out walking amongst the people, talking to people in crowds, and they were all safe. It was all good. The secret service in Japan were primarily trained to stop knife attacks, which is why the uh, shot, homemade shotgun actually worked and why the, the pipe bomb, like it got really close to the prime minister. The guy, the security guy I saw in the video, he actually did the, the, his job properly, but you know, also it shouldn't have happened in the first place. So now they've decided like we've had one politician murdered, another one attacked. We can't keep going like this. They want to create a controlled environment for these sort of speeches. So they're all going to be happening indoors now. There will be metal detectors and every all the bags will get checked before you can come in. <sighs> Street speeches will still happen. So what happens in Japan is these vans go around and then they stop and then they stand on top of the van and they get a microphone with these loudspeakers and they give a speech from the top of the van. Those will still happen, but they're going to have a sheet of bulletproof glass up in front of them. So I guess that's not too much of a difference because the guy standing up there, he was quite far away anyways. You weren't going to get that close to him. Uh, The bulletproof glass isn't going to be much of a change. But it is sad that we've had to actually do that in in a country where, again, a year ago, Abe, the prime minister, whatever, they were walking around in crowds of people shaking their hands and like talking to people and, and just being in and amongst the people was really nice. They're going to enforce like a 20 meter space away from the van uh, to make it just that much harder to get sort of if you want to throw a pipe bomb, let's say it's going to you're going to have to be able to throw at least 20 meters to get your job done. Uh, but it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that's had to happen because it's like this violence is changing the nature of politics in Japan, which is too bad. Now on to more, honestly, more Ninja News Japan style news. An LDP official, so the Liberal Democratic Party official, uh, he's up talking up one of his, his co-workers. Uh, there's sort of a, a campaigns going on right now. And he says, oh, I'm talking about my friend, and then I start talking about his wife, and then the rival. The rival of his friend is a woman. He says, I'm glad she's not really pretty either. So he's basically saying, like, here's my friend. His wife is hot. His competition, she's not hot. So 
vote for my friend because he's obviously a better person because he's got the hotter wife. This, of course, is sexist and is going to piss people off. So the complaint was that his comments damaged her dignity. Uh, he later retracted his statement. So he made the remark and then the guy was interviewing him and they said, like, uh, did you mean to insult her dignity? Did you mean that she was unattractive? And he goes, nah, nah, I'd totally do her. But of course, that's not what he said. That's actually what I wish he said. I wish he actually like doubled down on it. Uh, he retracted his statement. He said, I said it inadvertently. I retract everything. I apologize for offending the dignity of both. So he's talking about both the rival and the man's wife. But then he said, come on, she's got a bit of a hog face. Um, I just sat there going like, okay, I've talked about this so many times. I actually think I have to stop talking about it. Retracting statements. It's not like the thing he said goes away because of it. The apology means nothing. I don't get how this is acceptable. You, there, there's almost no fallout and no responsibility for the dumb shit politicians stay, say. But it happens all the time. And they say the dumbest shit. Like, you just don't comment on people's looks. Uh, and yet, when I think back to Trump, like, that's his whole deal, is commenting on people's appearance and their attitudes and what they're like. So maybe, just politics have changed? Certainly Trump has changed the landscape of politics, politics in America. But, has it had an impact over here? Because, no, because, again, like, five years ago, I was still doing Ninja News Japan. And it was just, they were all saying racist stuff. So I guess they've just shifted. They don't say the racist stuff out loud like they used to. Uh, they still get away with misogyny and they're going to get away with that. But now people are calling them out for misogyny. So I guess that's going to be on the chopping block next. Politicians in Japan, though, are being held to a much higher standard. Like the stuff Trump says, he would not be able to get away with it in Japan. Like it just would not fly. Uh, he would not be a successful politician. Uh, there is a group that uh, is supposed to promote gender equality uh, and they had a poster and it was up about consent and it had the first picture and the guy's like, mm, she's, she's into me. Ah, la, la, la. And then the second picture was uh, her going, Ooh, I'm not into him. And it was about, you know, you have to get consent before you start to do stuff to other people. Um, the problem is that promotes the gender stereotype that a men are the aggressors, uh, that men are not capable of reading the signals of women they don't understand women uh, and that they are always at fault in these sort of sexual relations. It doesn't suggest that the woman should get consent from the man. It only suggests that the man should get consent from the woman. So that is gen promoting gender stereotypes in a, in a group that is supposed to be promoting gender equality. They should know better. Uh, so the people started complaining. So they took down the poster uh, and then they started saying, Oh, not only does it promote gender stereotypes, it also has copied the art style of another artist. So they took all the posters down. The company, the group, the gender equality group said, we apologize publicly. So there's your public apology. Uh, but then they blame the printing company. Yeah, not to actually taking responsibility for your shit. That's not cool. Uh, the artist, who is sort of the one being, you know, copied in this case, said that the apology and taking down the posters is enough. I don't know. It's, it's weird that gender equality in Japan still means gender stereotypes, just that men should behave better. But the, again, that is the gender stereotype that is being promoted. 
Yeah, it's almost like people don't know what gender equality is. You know, this is Japan. I would say when it comes to gender equality, LGBT rights and stuff like that, Japan is decades behind other countries, Western countries. Like just even the equal rights men and women still aren't there. Because I mean, that guy just got away with saying that this other politician had a hog face. I've I've never seen a picture of either of them, so I can't really comment. I just... It's that that low-key misogyny that is just a part of Japanese culture. And people, I think they come to Japan and they have weird expectations of what it's going to be like. And I don't think they realize, like, there's a whole generation that's still in charge that has not changed their thinking from the 1960s. Uh, And it's going to take another generation or two before it goes away. There's a manga called Boys Over Flowers. I'd never heard of. And then I found out it is has the highest circulation comic series for girls by a single author. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. But then I was like, that is a very specific... This is one of the things about like um, world records is how specific the world records are. So the highest circulation of a comic series, that's good. For girls, okay, you've now just split out at least two, so that you split it in half. So there should be a, the highest circulation comic series for boys by a single author. That one sort of makes sense because if it's a team, it wouldn't have the same impact. So I was like, there, because it's a world record, like I could publish uh, a ser- a comic series for white 50-year-old men with beards and get like hundred people to buy it. And that would probably be the highest circulation comic series for white 50 year old men with beards uh, by a single author. Maybe that could get in the Guinness book of world records. Cause that is how you finesse world records. Sometimes is actually get something so specific. No one else has uh, attempted to try it yet. But then I saw she has 59.4 million copies of her comic in circulation. Those are physical comics. So like uh, uh, if you had a comic on like an ebook or something that wouldn't count. I was like, 59.4 million copies is a lot. It just says physical copies published. It doesn't say bought. So could I do a self-run of 60 million comics of a series that I have written for girls by me and beat that record if I didn't sell any? A very interesting question because technically I think I could beat the world record. Since we're talking about world records, I have the number one highest rated karaoke version of House of Pain's Jump Around uh, in Japan. So we have a switch and my daughter wanted to do karaoke and they have a thing, a company called uh, Joy Sound and they do karaoke machines. And so they have an app where you can do karaoke through the switch. So her and her friends came over and did it and they wanted me to do an English song. And I was like, this is gonna be really bad. I only know the words to like three songs. And one of them is, jump around that came out when I was like in my twenties. So I did it. I got like 69% or something like that. And then it goes number one in Japan. I had this like big fanfare and everyone was super excited. And I was like, Oh wait, I'm the only person in Japan to have ever attempted this song. That's how I got the world record or the, the, the national record. Now back way, way back. I was the, uh, I, I was doing video game reviews and an app came out and it was called poop bride. So it was P-O-O-P-R-I-D-E. So either it was poo, P-O-O, pride, P-R-I-D-E, or poop, P-O-O-P, ride, R-I-D-E. And it was this uh, 
this little game where you, you, you had poop and you slid it along the floor and you had to get it enough power to touch the line, but you didn't want to go over the line. So whoever got to the closest to the line won. Now, because I was doing video game reviews, I got the earliest version of it on release day, had to play it for a few hours, leveled up really fast, actually came up with some strategies for it, wrote my article. And then as I put the app down, I checked the rankings. I was number one in the world. So I have held both a national Japanese record and a world record. I've never gone back to Poop Ride to see if that, uh, that record has been broken. I do believe Mr. Warmhands purposefully went on to the Joy Sound app and with his kids and did jump around. And I do believe he beat my score. So he may be the number one in Japan now, but I held that record for years, mid-pandemic. So at least two years now, I've had the record for, I should go back and do it again because I wasn't even trying. Imagine if I tried. So the Osaka court had to pay 375,000 yen. That's like uh, three, $4,000 to a former inmate and his attorney because they wouldn't allow him to wear sunglasses while he was in a detention facility and in prison. So at first I thought this was a Yakuza guy who, and they wear sunglasses. They just wear sunglasses all the time. I actually have a friend who married into a family that was sort of extended family was all Yakuza. And they said at the wedding, one side of the room was all wearing sunglasses the whole time. So this is a, a Yakuza thing. So that's what I thought when I read the, the article, the title. And then I went, read the actual thing. I was like, oh, it's actually quite different. So this guy usually wears light purple glasses because of a light sensitivity. There's actually a really famous comedian in Japan and he wore sunglasses all the time. His name Tamori, I think. And it's because he had light sensitivity to his eyes. So he wore sunglasses all the time because the lights on the TV shows were too bright for his eyes. It actually caused him pain. Now, they said, you're not allowed to wear glasses in prison. So they wouldn't let us wear his glasses. But that actually means he wasn't able to read documents. And the light was so harsh, like it would cause him physical pain. And it made everything like he was told to do much harder because he wasn't allowed to wear it. This wasn't just like because he wanted to look cool. This was essentially prescription, medically necessary glasses. Uh, he had to carry out his, correct, his sentence without corrective lenses, is the way it was phrased. Uh, the detention house says you can have shades that allow up to 25% blockage. In prison, colorless glasses are only allowed if there's a medical reason. But it seems like this guy had a medical reason, but they didn't allow him to wear his glasses in prison because they thought, oh, this guy wants to be cool, just like my assumption. We're going to say no, but they're actually like violating sort of fundamental human rights. So uh, you got to pay up. I mean, 4000 bucks though. So you think about like a lot of the stories where people sue each other, the numbers are very small. In, in America or something like this would be massive. It's because Japan is just not as litigious. And one of the reasons they're not as litigious is because the awards are so much smaller than in America. I bet in America, if I went to prison and they said, Peter is not allowed to wear his corrective lenses. So I'm essentially blind the whole time I'm in prison, making everything more difficult. I bet I could sue them and I get millions of dollars. In Japan, 4,000 bucks shared out with my attorney. I mean, sometimes you gotta wonder if it's even, even worth it. But I think a lot of times in Japan, you sue them for... The, the moral issue, not so much for the money. So there's a new Pokemon show. Now, I don't follow Pokemon. I do remember all the conversations about you have like a 12-year-old boy 
who never goes to school, who goes around battling animals. Uh, and, and it was a lot of memes, actually, when I was in my university in later days. Because people were talking about the lifestyle of a Pokemon master, uh, zero education beyond elementary school, basically. Uh, there was a lot of jokes online, and I enjoyed them because conceptually it was quite interesting. Uh, the new hero is called Liko. And Liko joins the school, which apparently Ash did, and then just never showed up. Like, went to school and then was like, well, I'm going to go be Pokemon master. Bye! And then took off for the rest of his life. Uh, Liko joins a school but then takes lessons remotely, which I found very interesting because they've really updated it. So they do have the child hero who's going to go around and do their adventures with their Pokemon, but actually still technically get education. The only thing I can think is a problem is how many hours a day are they expected to do uh, these lessons remotely? How much are they going to show that online? But they're actually using a tablet, again, updating the technology of Pokemon. They're, they're, they're going to, I wonder if they're going to, how much they're going to actually bother with this, showing them actually doing classes. But one of the comments I really enjoyed was, I hope Lico has an unlimited data plan because, of course, they're not going to be hanging around somewhere where there's Wi-Fi all the time. It's a bit ridiculous. But I do like that they're showing the kids like, yeah, even our Pokemon heroes, they still have to go to school. Okay, so this is a new kind of harassment. So... Japan has a billion kinds of harassment. So there was uh, sekuhara, which is sexual harassment. There was pawahara, which is power harassment. So they're actually using the English and then condensing it into a Japanese. Uh, then I learned about, oh, I forget, it was akahara, which is uh, akachan, so that means baby. Maybe, I might have that one wrong. But anyways, there's essentially maternity harassment. So you get pregnant and then you're pushed out of your company. I found a new one through an article today called Owahara, and Owari is Finnish. So Owahara is finishing harassment. And this has to do with recent graduates looking for jobs. So they do kind of graduate recruitment. All the companies every year when the students graduate, they do recruitment cycles and they try to get new employees. In Japan, again, having fewer and fewer young people, they need the competition for companies to get more young people to join their company is part of keeping their company alive the competition is quite serious. Owarahara, what Owarahara is, it's really hard to switch between English and Japanese, like in one word, uh, is you've come and interviewed with our company. We want you to stop, that's the Owari part, looking at other companies. We want you to make a promise to stop looking for other companies. But that is essentially saying to the graduate recruit person looking for a job, that we want you to limit your options and only join our company. We want you to stop looking because what if you find a better deal? If you find a better deal, you might take that job and not our job. So they try to get them to sign letters of acceptance saying like, here's a letter that says, I will accept the proposed job, that not the actual job. So they're saying, we're not going to give you a contract right now to sign. We want you to sign this letter that says you're not going to look for other jobs. And then later down the line, we'll give you a contract, which is bullshit. Um, if you're not signing a contract, it doesn't mean anything because they could say, we're going to pay you millions of dollars. And then the contracts get slid across the table. It's got five bucks on it, but you haven't been looking for any other jobs where you could have also got paid millions of dollars. Really unfair. They also require them to attend company social gatherings. And what they've done is tried to make enough of these company social gatherings that it's difficult for you to go out and find other jobs. So the government's asking companies to stop this. Now, asking isn't a very strong thing, but 
there was a survey done in 2021. 10% of the students said they experienced Owara, Owarahara. Okay, I'm getting it. Owarahara. And then 10%, oh, 64% of the 10% say they ended their job search because of Owarahara. 42.3% had received demands to provide a letter of acceptance. So almost half the people who went out to do recruitment said like, really quickly, they were like, sign this letter saying you're going to accept a job from us and stop looking for other jobs. 11.6% were harassed persistently. Some cases say they were physically barred from leaving when they declined an offer. So they're like, here, we want you to work for our company. Say, you know, I'm not into this. I'm going to go now. And they like lock the door and say, you can't leave until you accept our offer which is of course no way legally going to hold up, but they might actually cause you problems if you actually like end up signing something to just get out of there. I would say if you're ever in a situation where someone just like you're at work and then your boss locks the door and says, you can't leave until you do something. uh, What you do is just call the police and you say like, I would like to leave this office and they are not letting me when the police show up because that's kidnapping. I mean, a lot of people don't think about it, but what they're doing is saying like, you are not physically able to go where you want under some sort of duress or threat. That's kidnapping. It's illegal in every Western country, every like sort of Western legal system I know of. So just call the cops and say like, hi, I'm in this room in this building. I would like to leave and they're not letting me leave. Uh, you probably could just put this phone on speakerphone and they were gonna, they're going to like have to let you go. Uh, and then you could probably sue them afterwards. The most interesting part of this, though, is that there is an Article 627 of the Civil Code says even if you sign a letter of acceptance, you can back out. So even if these companies force you to sign a letter saying you're going to accept the job with their company, legally you can back out at any time and that that letter doesn't mean anything. I find it interesting more, though, that because this is such a common problem, that it's actually written into the Civil Code. So this has happened so much in the past and they've had so many sort of legal issues, I assume, that they just wrote into the civil code that these letters don't mean anything and that uh, you can just back out. You don't have to take a job you don't want to take. Uh, there was a man caught on camera by a passerby who sent Oji-san's photo. So this Oji-san is an old man in Japanese. And what this guy does is he takes the short shorts that girls wear, they're called bloomers, he takes the short shorts they wear and he wears them around the station. And this, this guy has a Twitter account and he's really proud of this. He wears like leotards. Uh, he's actually, I'm going to say a pretty fit old dude. Someone took a picture of this guy, sent it to his mom and said, oh my God, look what I can see at the station. This woman posted it on the internet and she said, my younger son sent this photo to me saying there was an Oji son wearing bloomers at the station. I didn't believe him until he sent this photo. It's real. It's just sick. And then she put, Uh, pictures over his face because you can't publish other people's pictures in Japan without getting in trouble and posted the picture with what she tweeted on the internet. The man himself shows up to her Twitter account and says, don't censor my face. So this dude, he's not only doing something that's kind of weird, he's super proud of it, which I love. Uh, And then it turns out his, his whole Twitter account is just full of these kind of photos. I don't know why, but this guy is doing the thing that makes him happy. Yes, it would creep me out. But at the same time, I'm sure stuff that I like creeps out other people. I know like the judo I do, a lot of people disagree with fighting and and, like beating the shit out of other people, but I love it. And yeah, if people said stop, I wouldn't stop. Uh, There was a couple comments and one was three cheers to this man's confidence. And I, you got to admit, he is super confident. 
you can really sense the sort of strong willpower from the bloomer's Oji-san. I mean, he's been doing this for nearly 10 years now. He also says some philosophical things or tasteful things sometimes on his Twitter. Just don't actually commit a crime, please. I've seen the man's Twitter before. He's actually quite intellectual and well-spoken, which makes his bloomer's obsession even weirder, which is so true because he's not an idiot. He's not a dumb guy. He just, he knows what makes him happy and he's living that lifestyle, which again, I kind of had a, a certain amount of appreciation for. Uh, and then the very last comment, which I did enjoy, this is what makes Japan, Japan. And that's a good thing. 